this third lab on John 15, 12 to 15, we're going to focus on what it means to have friendship with Jesus. And we've seen already in the first lab that greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So we are greatly loved in this friendship. And we saw in the second lab that this if right here doesn't mean that the condition you do what I command you precedes and makes possible a friendship and a substitutionary death, but rather what this if signifies is something that follows and confirms that we are friends and that his death counts for us. And we know that because right here he says one of the commands is this commandment, love one another as I have loved you, and therefore the love that he has for us, which is expressed right here in this greater love, which is the laying down of the life for his friends, has preceded our obedience to this command. So this doing of the command right here cannot be a condition that precedes and brings about the friendship and the death, but rather follows and confirms. Now we're going to see more. Let's pray. Father, we often bring misconceptions about what it means to be your friend to texts like this. And I pray that you would prevent us from bringing unhelpful preconceptions and you would also guard us from failing to see the supreme wonder of what this friendship is in this text. I ask for your help now in Jesus' name. Amen. What I think is going on in this text is that there's this first and main commandment. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And everything else in this text is a support to help us do that. And the main way he's thinking is to describe for us the wonders of being the friend of Jesus. But there's a a problem, it seems, in uh, this word, if— that makes the friendship seem strange, and it is strange. It, it is asymmetrical and therefore unlike ordinary human friendships. So it says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, which of us could talk that way to each other? So suppose you're my best friend, and I say to you, you're my friend if you do whatever I tell you. You would say to me, Friends don't talk like that. In fact, that's the opposite of the way friends talk. And here's Jesus saying, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So what kind of friendship is this? And the answer is, it is the most glorious friendship imaginable, and it is the only kind of friendship possible for a God and a creature to have. There are five asymmetrical aspects of this friendship, every one of them so wonderful they are designed to help us love one another as he has loved us. Let me just list them here for you. So number one is we are loved 
with the greatest love. That's part of our friendship, and it is asymmetrical. We don't love him with the greatest love. He loves us with the greatest love. So this, the asymmetrical nature of the friendship is good for us. Or Here's another illustration. Um, he lay down his life for us. We don't lay down our lives for him. This is not tit for tat. This is not reciprocity or equality. This is totally one-sided. He makes us his friends by loving us, by laying down his life for us. So woe to us if we demand that we have an ordinary friendship with two people because we don't go both ways here. He goes one way and lays down his life. And then comes the the one that seems troubling. We obey, which is really good news in the end because left to ourselves as sinners, we would make a real mess of our lives. If we didn't have his guidance and his enablement, we would not be able to be anything that we ought to be or want to be. So the obedience piece, yes, it does put the friendship in a class by itself, which is the way it must be for a, an infinite and sovereign God to cause sinful and dependent people to be his friends. It couldn't be any other way. We can't uh, tell him, well, now, in order to have a really good friendship, you have to obey us as often as we obey you. That would be nonsense, as we all know. So God is doing the very best for us in making us friends this way. Now, here comes one of the most amazing things of all about our friendship. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. So in a slave role, you're kept in the dark about what the master of the house is doing, and you're just expected to obey without understanding. But I have called you friends for all, that's an important word, all that that I have heard from my Father, so this is all that Jesus has heard from his Father, I have made known to you. And I think that all right there means everything that would be needed to make this obedience, do what I command, everything needed, needed for us to know in order to make this a light burden and an easy yoke. Everything needed for us to obey gladly. Because he's trying to give us incentives for love one another as I have loved you. And his incentive throughout is, you're my friends, you're my friends. And now he's saying, and you can do that because I have made known to you everything that would be good for you to know in order to do this. So slaves are kept in the dark about the way their masters are running the world and doing things. And friends are uh, brought into the light. And there, there's another aspect of that. There's not just brought into the light, made, made known to you, but this is a father and his son. The son uh, I have 
heard from my father. So the son heard from his father, and now the son has friends. So there's friends, the son, and the father. And the picture is that this son, of course, has complete access to his father, and now he has friends who are also taken into that relationship. And so this is this is not just uh, an intellectual information piece. This is a relational piece where th- these kids get to run into the kitchen with the son and get the cookies, and they're invited into the living room, and, and he explains to them everything he's going to do that afternoon that relates to them and helps them have a good time. So now up here we can finish this. What ways are uh, is this friendship asymmetrical? The fourth way is that we are informed. We don't inform him. He informs us. The friendship is asymmetrical. Praise God. That's the way it needs to be, ought to be, gloriously will be. And the fifth way that it is asymmetrical is that we are welcomed into the family to have access to heaven and God's own home. So now we have, yes, five asymmetrical aspects of friendship. We are loved with the greatest love. Praise God, we don't have to initiate that. He initiates that and loves. We are uh, loved with a lay down your life kind of love. We don't lay down our life for him. Yes, indeed, we have to obey, but that obedience now is not the obedience of a slave, but the obedience of a friend because we're informed how this obedience works, how it makes sense, and we're brought into relationship so that the obedience has a a totally different quality about it. It's, It's glad obedience. Let me give you one illustration of how that might work. So here we are called upon um, to love one another as I have loved you. We're also called upon to love our enemy in other parts of the gospel. And suppose we are endeavoring to, to do what he tells us by loving our enemy And it looks like our enemy is getting away with murder and great injustices are being done as we do not return evil for evil. And we realize, oh, he has made known something to me. He has made known something to me which I didn't know before. Namely, vengeance is mine. I will repay In other words, he's lifting the burden from me that I fear justice will not be done. Justice will be done. I can relax, hand over all that justice to God, and I can be about the business of returning good for evil. So the the overall point of this text is love as you've been loved, and the main argument is you have been taken into his friendship. And yes, it is an asymmetrical friendship. And every point of this asymmetry is gloriously designed to help you gladly obey the command to love.